With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Up, bump in the night. Your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Well, hello and welcome to this Freaky Friday, October 27th. 2023 a very freaky friday indeed it's the last friday of october and the first the last friday before halloween happy halloween i tried to curate mostly spooky uh tales for this one to get us all in the halloween spirit especially coming on the tale of our spooky campfire story episode which was so much fun some people have sent in their own childhood campfire stories which i'm so excited about that's what we wanted because and someone even on our instagram dm'd and said they had heard the person under the the licking of the hand that people can lick to all the way when they were a teenager in argentina so the stories really are wow universal these type of stories you may be like oh it's from my camp in minnesota no it could be anywhere <laughs> could be anywhere it could be in argentina who I love it. knows? And that's the nostalgia. It like brings it back of like, oh, I remember that. I remember that as a kid. So thanks for everybody. I remember that a man could be laying under my bed anywhere <laughs> in the world, licking my hand. I think it's my dog. <laughs> anywhere at any time. And people have said, that's why I have cats. I'm like, yeah, you can tell the difference between a cat and a person. <laughs> well, it's that sandpaper tongue. Yeah. But if it's not your cat... You got even bigger problems because now you got a sandpaper tongue man laying under your bed. Yeah, it's a dehydrated intruder that is licking you right now who has whiskers also, uh, somehow. Oh, I don't know ah, hate it. <laughs> it is worse than anything. May I get you a saucer of milk, please, so you leave me alone? I'm just a bit thirsty. Uh, yeah, these stories, though, and thank you for curating quite a lineup. This is the perfect set of stories to get us into the mood. Well, I hope so. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Krista, and it is called The Biffy Man. While listening to your most recent campfire stories, I was reminded of one from my childhood that inspired a very amateur film. First, let's set the scene. The year was 1998, or somewhere around that time. The setting was a popular church camp in northern Minnesota. It was similar to your typical 1900s church camp with a creaking iron gate entrance decorated with green vines that led down a long dirt road with multiple wooden cabins equipped with three sets of bunk beds and lumpy mattresses with weird stains. Nestled among these cabins were the mosquito-infested shower stalls, it smelled of dirty cement, and the lingering stench of teenage body odor. Further down the road was the art studio the mess hall, some other random buildings, and the chapel. Across from the chapel were some makeshift baseball and soccer fields. Even further down the road was the beach area, which had a few rickety canoes and no other amenities. Beyond that, the road stopped, and then began a small path leading deep into the woods. No one ventured much past that point, but that is not where this story takes place. Let me take you back to those rotting wood cabins. Across the dirt road and in front of the cluster of cabins sat the Biffies, the John, Porter Potties, or whatever name you prefer. For this story, we'll call them the Biffies. I was 13 or 14 when this tale unfolded. Homesick and uncomfortable in the humid Minnesota summer, I shared a cabin with my good friend at the time, Sarah. One night, before turning in for bed, the girls in our cabin were sharing some scary stories as young girls do. My friend Sarah shared the legend of the Biffy Man. 
the story goes that deep in the dark and dank hole of the Biffy lies a man with knives for fingers that loves the taste of children. He grabs anyone who dares to sit on his throne and devours them alive. That's it. Short and sweet. I'm sure she elaborated with some colorful tales of his past victims, but I must have blocked it out. At this age, I already had a healthy fear of what lurks down deep in the bowels of Biffy. I experienced vivid images of falling into the hole with the inability to free myself and subsequently succumbing to the foul human waste. I also had visions that a snake was going to somehow bite me while I was hovering over the toilet and trying desperately not to touch the seat with my backside. Now, I had the image of a creepy man with knives for fingers lurking in the shadows, waiting for his next victim. I didn't pee for two days. It got to the point where my skin was starting to turn yellow. To this day, I don't know how I lasted and why I just didn't pee in the woods like a normal person. Eventually, one of the counselors, who was just a few years older than me, convinced me that it was medically necessary to urinate. When I finally mustered up enough courage to use the biffy, I felt like I was passing a kidney stone. I was probably dehydrated as well. The funny part is that this fictional story didn't scare me enough to wet my pants. It scared me even more that I held it in for days. A few years later, this harrowing tale inspired an amateur film. I was enrolled in a local community education class about filmmaking, and I brought up the story of The Biffy Man. A small group of us decided to make it into a short film that can only be viewed on VHS. To you youngbloods out there that may not know what a VHS tape is, let me give you a quick history lesson. A VHS tape, or video home system, was a rectangular-shaped object for analog video recording using magnetic tape rolled into two spools. In order to watch said tape, you had to slide it into a device called the VCR. The film was in sepia tone, and I have no idea how we edited it. I think I still have a copy somewhere in a box tucked away with all my other cassette tapes. I still can't bring myself to watch it. Thank you for reading my story. Keep it creepy, but not so creepy that you potentially damage your kidneys and turn the color yellow, all because some preteen girl tells you made-up stories about a man who lives among the putrid human waste, waiting for some poor kid to take care of business. Well, first of all, you got to send us the tape. (laughs) I must see this tape. I have a VCR. I would love to watch it. uh, My mom has several. We got the means to watch it. I also love how accurately a VHS tape and a VCR was described. Very simple terms because a lot of people, a lot of kids don't know. Ella's never seen a VCR. If I handed her a VHS tape, she wouldn't know what it was. It's like, what is this? It'd be like when I was at my mamaw's house looking at her eight track player. I'm like, what is? Th-? You're just like, it's a piece of plastic. There's music in it. There's videos in it. You're like, what? No, <laughs> I still like that. Like, I don't know how you would edit on something like that. I guess reel to reel is that like a thing back then. I don't know. But Krista, you are not alone in being afraid of the camp porta potty. We all know sleepaway camp too. <laughs> There's. Uh, there is a murderer in the porta potty. It's not a like a Freddy Krueger person. It's just a killer, like a serial killer. I've never seen Sleepaway Camp too, <gasps> but I did have my own experience with the porta potty just last night. Oh God! Oh yeah, I didn't hear how that went. How was the porta potty? It was pretty gross. Thanks so much for asking. For those Heather of you. and I and Tommy and Paris went to a haunted cocktail soiree as we do every year to the point where one of the characters <laughs> recognized us and pulled us aside to talk to us they because did. we are now regulars at this establishment. It was the best year they've ever done it. It was so good. The performances were so good, like legitimately creepy, spooky, just a fun overall, like adult yeah. uh, Halloween night. It's not and for funny. the kiddos. There were a lot of them funny that were too, really yeah. funny. The ones, some of them have messages for you and other ones are just kind of like interact with you or like give you like a short hit, but they're funny and the Ouija board was sassy. Oh yeah, we got a real sassy wall-sized Ouija board and you can ask it questions and then the planchette, which is like the size of your head, moves around and it was being fun with us. It was very we got a We got a 69 when we asked it a question. <laughs> so it, it understood the assignment. And then and we asked st- it, what do you like to eat? And it said ass. <laughs> 
I, I believe we go, we go, what is your favorite snack? And then quietly to one another go, if it says ass, we'll lose it. And it went A, S, S. And we screamed. It was phenomenal. We have it all on video. Yeah. Maybe we'll put it on Patreon. Yeah. But there's, in each room, there's kind of different things going on. One had a um, kind of like a, a play, like a Shakespearean mm-hmm. play with just like three characters and it involved singing and dancing. It was so well done. It was like modernized, but also old timey. And then like someone dressed up like a witch who sang like a, a bar song and then a burlesque dancer. It was all awesome. Yeah. It was all, but the only downside is it's in an old timey mansion. So yeah. for it to be open to the public, the bathroom situation is porta potties in the, uh, the alley. I went the Krista two-day route and just held it until I got home. Was that a good idea? I don't know. We'll figure it out if I get UTI. But I went. couldn't. I was in my dear husband who knows me so well. It started to rain and I didn't want to walk out to the porter potties and also be in a porter potty that had rain coming inside of it. And we were the third because people come at 3.15 at five, like 5 or like 6.30 and then at 9 and we were the 9 o'clock crew. So mm-hmm. that's of people had already come through before us and I don't think the porta potty emptier truck had been there for You know, probably not. It didn't seem as if it was being cleaned. I had to go though and I was like, no, I'm going to hold it. When I realized I had to walk out to the parking lot and it was raining and then Tommy was like, well, I'm going to go. And I said, oh, well, if you'll go, I'll go. So then, come to find out, he went because he knew I really had to go. And I wasn't <laughs> going to go unless he went. And he knew that I had to go. He knows me better than I know myself. There was mm-hmm. no way I could have held it the rest of the night. So we're standing there. He goes in. Meanwhile, a another patron was standing barefoot waiting for the porter potty. And Tommy <laughs> said... I don't think you want to go in there barefoot. And she was like, no, but she had like eight inch heels on. So I was like, do you need some help? And she's like, can I borrow your shoulder? So I was helping her get back into her heels so she could walk into this <laughs> porter potty. She goes in, I'm left alone. Rain is pouring. And Tommy walks out. He goes, it's actually quite pleasant with the pitter patter of the raindrops. And I was like, that's a lie. <laughs> and I went in, it's dark. It's dank. I was like, how bad is it? He goes, you can't really see anything. Is that worse? To me, it was. I want to be able to know what I'm dealing with. So I was like, you got to hold the door. And I I just, I had to hover. I also did not let anything touch anything. I just hovered and crossed my fingers. I was pretty high up off of it. So I didn't get any knives tickling my backside or, any, or a snake, <laughs> thank God. But I made it out alive. And then we had a very enjoyable evening. All that to say, porta potties, biffies, I don't, I don't love them. I don't no. know that. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think anybody loves them. It's always out of necessity, right? But they're they're the good setting for a creepy place, a Especially creepy little ghost story. If you're in the dark, you were in the. Yes. And what is, I made me think the other like last Saturday when we were at that speakeasy, it was like it's four o'clock in the afternoon, God. pitch dark. It was my friend Susie and our other friend Katie was in from out of town, and they're like, "Let's go to this cool speakeasy," and then it's four p.m. Just pitch dark and darker than like <laughs> if you had all your lights out in your house. It yes. was like I felt like I, I was in, a, you know, like a, in Star Wars when they like the, what is it the cantina? It's yes. like so dark and like just lanterns lit everywhere. And I walk in and I just plop down on a sofa. And Christy's like, "I'm not sitting anywhere that I can't see where I'm sitting," <laughs> which is honestly so smart. I go, "There could have just been like a needle or a knife or like a hand." And then sure enough, you found like a cup with like like an old cup with a napkin in it where you I were got about my to flashlight sit. out on my phone and just had to take a peek around. There's something about. Um, couches, sofas, any kind of fabric chaired in bars, especially mm-hmm. when it's dark, that just doesn't sit right with me. It's, it's you know, stuff <laughs> seeps in and it's it's too familiar. Yeah. It was a cool vibe, but I also found a uh, old cup of someone else's with trash inside of it behind the pillow I was about to rest my back on. So yeah. I'm glad I used my flashlight. It's a, whether you're going in a speakeasy or you're going in a biffy, which did not know they were called that, by the way. I love Look that. Look before you leave. Look before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go full in on whole hog on a biffy. 
No, no. And I didn't have my flashlight because I didn't want to take my phone in and actually drop it somewhere. (laughs) So, because that's. You don't have a case on it. You would throw it away. I know. I don't have a case on it, which one of the bartenders last night taking our picture was like, you got to get a case on this thing. I was like, I know that. I've dropped it so many times the case broke. And then the one I ordered didn't fit. So (laughs) I'm playing with fire. If that thing went into the Biffy, I'm never getting it back. I'm not going in there for it. You got to make a claim on Apple Care, lost in Biffy. And they're like, oh, I'll send you a new one. All right. I hope Biffy it's man up. gets it. And it's going to be hard for him to text with those knife fingers. But Always maybe is. he can figure it out. Well, I like that. That's a good spooky camp time story. I also, Krista, want to know if you meant it was similar to your typical 90s church camp or you are referring, are you referring to the 90s as the 1900s or is this like a 1900s church camp? <laughs> that's what I, was I like, left it-, it because I thought it was funny. And for all I know, that's what she means. I was like, did you mean like, yeah, like the 1910s? But someone did go like, oh, you were born in the 1900s. And it's like, I'll kill you today right now. I'll kill you. Yeah. Was I born in 1986? Certainly. But the 1900s? I was born in 1979. I don't refer to it as the 1900s. I don't even refer to it as the 70s. At the at bare minimum, I'll be like, yeah, I grew up in the the 80s you grew up in the 80s 70s accurate (laughs) it is accurate yes oh man well thank you krista and beware the biffy man yes sinisterhood will be right back with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, this next one is from E and it is called Don't Go Foraging in a Cemetery. Dears, I am so grateful for you. Honestly, your commentary gives me hope for humanity and America. I could go on like this forever, but hopefully you already know how much we all love you and celebrate you. So I used to work in Aspen, Colorado in the summers, a beautiful and weird place. I got into a habit of trail running on my mornings off and had a favorite route I always took. One day in particular, I was at the end of my run, cooling down and walking back towards town with a bit of mild trespassing along a little creek behind some houses. A few meters ahead, I saw a large animal in the overgrown brush. Man, that horse sure is hairy, said my brain. Nope, said my mouth, because before I finished the thought, I realized, of course, that it was very much not a horse. It was a big-ass bear. So much for a nice cool down. I booked it back across the creek and hoped my dumb brain and my tired feet would coordinate in keeping me upright and alive. I ended up slowing down on another overgrown street that I hadn't been down before and soon found myself in a small clearing with lots of gorgeous sage growing. Ooh, said my brain. Let's pick some of this and bring it home. It'll be so nice to take a little mountain souvenir home at the end of the season. As I was picking, I noticed a somewhat overgrown stone sign. Something about Aspen Grove, blah, 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 1889. Cool, this sage is part of history and stuff. There goes my brain again. Then I noticed a broken stone obelisk and an assortment of grave markers sticking up from the ground. Oh, weird. I went back and reread the sign. I was picking sage from a cemetery, but I had already picked all this sage and didn't know what to do. Is it rude to just throw it away? Is it ruder to take home graveyard sage? Is it even legal? I decided to pocket it and deal with it later. Fast forward. 
summer season had ended. Other hikes had been had. Other sage had been picked and dried. Other graves had been visited, including Doc Holliday's. I was back home in my Brooklyn apartment with a rare day off. I decided to meditate, not normal for me, and burn some sage. I had given most of the bundles away to friends, but thought it might be rude to give someone the graveyard sage, just in case it was bad luck or something. But eventually, that was the one bundle left. It's probably fine, said my brain. And by this point, you know my brain is a chronic miscalculator. So I set up a little altar lit the sage, put my hands in my lap, and closed my eyes. Soon, I noticed my hands were moving. They were slowly floating up. I tried to put them together, but it was like there was a big invisible ball between them, or like magnetic repulsion. I now understand the concept of qi, and have felt a weaker version of this practice in my sporadic qigong practice, but essentially, there was some freaking energy in the room. I figured maybe I could just continue meditating and invite this presence to sit with me. But soon, I started getting a bit creeped out. This energy started to feel more angry, like a kid who doesn't want to show that they're scared or sad. The vibe I was getting was of a young teenage boy in a raggedy uniform. It didn't have a physical shape, so I wasn't seeing anything. It was just a feeling and a foggy shape in my mind. I opened my eyes again and saw that my hands had become tight fists. I looked in horror for just a moment before my instincts kicked in and pushed through whatever force was trying to control me. I sprang up, extinguished the sage, and noped the fuck out of my apartment. I continued to hold on to the sage for a few years, but never again burned it. I only kept it so long because I didn't know how to dispose of it responsibly. Eventually, I buried it and politely invited the energy to return to the earth and find rest. To any listeners with ancestors in the Aspen Grove Historic Cemetery, please accept my apologies. I promise I've learned my lesson. Do stay away from bears, but don't be picking graveyard sage. Of all the places you can buy sage, or I guess you're not buying it, you're just picking it. This seems like a... One of the more dangerous places to possibly do that. Yeah, it was an oopsie, certainly, certainly. But <laughs> I think in general, if I'm you know anywhere near uh, a graveyard, it's one of those like everything stay here, don't come back with me, regardless of what it is. But it's you know like you say, once you've done it, you're like, well, I don't want to just throw it out or throw it on the ground in case it has some you know special meaning or whatever. And if it's something that you use in your own spiritual practice and your qigong or your meditation or something like that, and you normally harvest it legally or whatever, that's a normal thing to do. Just you got to check the signage and make sure. You didn't pick it off somebody's grave. Yeah. I uh, I like that you buried it and put it yes. back. I Would I have also picked this? There's a good chance I would have. Yeah, probably. Touched it at least, certainly. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I also think um, if you do have someone buried there and you were to go and pick some of that and burn it, that perhaps that's a way of like connecting with some something. But if you feel like some negative energy is attached to it, burying it, saying, I'm sorry, please find rest, and moving on was a great decision. Yeah, e. exactly. <laughs> that's, yes, E, that's the way to do it. It's like, peace be with you. I'm so sorry. Please go back, back to the earth from whence you came. Well, this next one's from Aaron, and it is called, My Kids Don't Remember, But I'll Never Be Able to Forget. I'm extremely blessed to be the mama of two little girls and one baby boy, as well as the bonus mom to two amazing young ladies and a teenage boy. That being said, my two girls have taken turns scaring the ever-loving shit out of me, and I'd like to share those stories with you. My eldest daughter, Alice, who is now 10, was around two and a half or three at the time of my first spooky child interaction. Her dad was overseas, so it was just her and I figuring out life together. One night around 3 a.m., classic witching hour, she started screaming at the top of her lungs from her crib. I ran to her to find her shaking and crying, begging me to hold her. She was inconsolable for what felt like hours. I carried her into the living room and held her and rocked her and eventually calmed her down, but she refused to go back into her room. She wouldn't tell me what was wrong or what scared her. As a first-time mom and being the only adult in the house, I was absolutely freaked out. 
Exhausted, I let her lay with me in my bed and scratched her back to help her fall asleep, telling myself she must have had a night terror. Fifteen or twenty minutes later, when I thought she was asleep, she rolled over to face me, looked me dead in the eye, and whispered in her tiny girl voice, Somebody's watching. Then just rolled back over and went to sleep like nothing had happened. I hit the roof. Every light in the house got turned on. I called my mom to come over and didn't go back to sleep. Instead, I checked every inch of my house inside and out for evidence of an intruder peeping Tom, but found nothing. Alice has no memory of that night, but she slept in my room for quite a long time after the incident. A couple of years later, I had a psychic do a reading of the house. I didn't share this story with her beforehand, but she said there was a portal in the closet of that room allowing lots of negative energy in. Maybe that's the explanation, or maybe it was a night terror. All I know is that it never happened to Alice again after that night, and for that, I am thankful. Fast forward to a few years when her baby sister, Ava, now seven, was about two and a half or three. We'd moved into a new house and were still in the process of decorating and unpacking. This is important. One night, Ava and I had the house to ourselves. We were relaxing in the living room, eating some Happy Meals and watching Trolls, truly living our best life. Suddenly, Ava, who was sitting opposite me on our sectional, went ghostly pale and pointed past me to the empty space and wall behind me. She started crying, saying, Mommy, who is that? I went completely cold, slowly turned, just to see nothing. But Ava was terrified. She kept saying, Mommy, she's scary. That lady is scaring me. I asked her, What lady? What'd she look like? Ava responded, The lady in the white dress right behind you. Ava was crying and rooted to her seat, too scared to move. Ladies, when I tell you I was filled with absolute panic, I am not exaggerating. I wanted to grab my baby and flee the new house and never look back. But I stayed externally calm and in my best stern mom voice said, Ma'am, you are scaring my baby and you need to leave right now. Apparently it worked because slowly Ava relaxed and went back to chomping on her nuggets. I was shaken to the core. The next day as I was unpacking boxes, I came across some antique pictures I'd bought but never got around to putting up. One of them was a lady in a white dress. Ava had never seen this picture before since I'd purchased it mid-move and it got stuffed away in a box for a few months. When I showed it to her, she said, that's the lady that was behind you. I called my spiritual advisor immediately and asked her to cleanse my house and the antique picture I'd bought. She speculated that some kind of energy clung to the picture and that's what scared Ava. She doesn't remember the incident now either and for that I'm grateful. To this day, when I sit on the couch with my back to the wall, I get a chill and have to double check to make sure nobody is back there. Anyway, my kids have a track record of being creepy as hell. Here's hoping my baby boy doesn't have a paranormal experience like his sister's. I don't think I can take another one. Attached pictures of my creepster kiddos, as well as the antique photo, I believe haunted my daughter. Love you both and your work. Keep it creepy. XOXO, Aaron. Dude, think kid, little kids saying stuff like, somebody's watching. <laughs> because they're young enough to not even know like what they're yeah. doing. And yeah. they probably haven't seen a show that even gives them a frame of reference of something like that. It You're just eating nugs on the couch watching trolls. And all of a sudden... Mommy, there's a lady in a white dress standing behind you. I would shit myself. Yeah. Grab her in the nuggets and bolt. Yeah, you got to grab the nuggets. You got to get those nuggets, certainly. For sure. No, but I mean, you're just, you're right. Because kids don't, they're not calculating of like, I'm going to scare my mom. They're like two. They just want to check Not at that age. Yeah. No, not at that age. But then also they, kids, younger kids tend to blurt things out. They'll just be like, banana, doggy, whatever. So if they're like, lady, lady in white, you're like, they're not just like fucking with you. They just point and shout at what they see. So it makes me think that they've seen something. (laughs) It makes me think they've seen something too, and I don't even – I'm torn on all of that. But it's – it's if Ella were to say something like that, 
I could probably suss out if she's like trying to scare me or being genuine. If Simon says something like that, he doesn't know what, you know, I mean, he's so yeah, young. That's I'd true. Be like, all right, buddy, get those nuggets because we're leaving and uh, we're never coming back. So go ahead and say <laughs> yeah. bye bye to the house. Grab your favorite stuffy. We're going to live in the parking lot until <laughs> your dad's available because he'll just go in and fight the ghosts. But you're right because Simon would be about two and a half, three. So, yeah, he yeah. he's not calculating ways to like trick you and say, <laughs> say somebody's watching in my no. room. <laughs> yeah. He turns over in bed and just goes somebody's watching us dude (laughs) (laughs) barf 1000 times oh my god well aaron you are uh, a badass for being like ma'am get the fuck out of my house (laughs) you've got to and i love that and also you're a badass for taking care of a baby with your husband overseas that's yeah like you said you really are figuring out life together just you and her and it's amazing but also terrifying and then more terrifying when you're like oh my god it's not just the two of us in the house no let's add ghosts on top of it yeah you're like hey if you want to be here that's cool but i need some help changing these diapers because until my husband comes back it's just me if i'd love if you could chip in right yeah stop fucking around we all need to sleep if you want to help rock the baby that's fine (laughs) let me know i can go do laundry or in fact you go do laundry right you're like if you want to rock this crib creepy style, I'm if it puts her to sleep and I can get a couple hours, I'm not going to fight you on it. So go ahead. <laughs> Let's all be cool. Let's just be cool here, all right? <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you, Aaron. Sinisterhood will be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This next one's from Allie, and the subject line is generational mysticism. Just a content warning, this story contains a brief mention of suicide. Longtime listener, first-time caller. I recently had a pretty weird experience with my mother, which sparked an entire conversation about other experiences the two of us have had separately. I'm not sure if it's psychic abilities, the shining, whatever you want to call it, is hereditary, But given the stories I'm about to share, I'm starting to wonder if that's the case. The first story is my mother's. It happened when I was around five or six, and she had just married my ex-stepfather, who moved us from our home in the Pacific Northwest to where he grew up, in a town in the Corn Belt in Missouri, with a population of 500. One night after I'd gone to bed, my stepdad, who we'll call Tom, wanted to take my mom on a walk around town and tell her about his childhood the places he spent time as a kid, the stomping grounds where he spent his days as an unruly child, the kind of stuff you show your partner when you take him to your hometown for the first time. A few blocks away from his childhood home, he stopped and longingly stared at an old run-down shack of a house that looked like it had been condemned for about a decade, but he didn't say anything to her about it. Even without context, my mom pointed to the magnificent tree in the front yard and said, Who died there? Was it David? My stepfather was shocked as he had never spoken to her about the incident that took place in that house. He confirmed that a man named David had, in fact, hung himself there. His twin sons came to live with Tom and his family for a while afterwards, but never having any answers as to why their father chose to leave them kind of pushed them down a road of drug and alcohol abuse. My mom walked straight over to the tree, pointed to the ground below, and said, Dig about six inches down in that spot. It wasn't a suicide. Sure enough, Tom started to dig, and about six inches down, he found a piece of rope and a pocket knife with someone else's initials engraved into it. 
My mom didn't recognize the initials, but Tom did. After telling the twins about what my mom had found, the three of them, now grown up, were able to put some previously missing pieces together and finally found the answers they needed to move past their father's death. My second story is one that happened to me about a decade ago. Tom eventually joined the military and moved our now family of five to Germany, right in the countryside of Bavaria. On the post we lived on, there was an abandoned train station that the base officials locked up and occasionally used for storage. My friends and every other teenager on post would break in through a tiny hole in the boarded up and locked doorway to hang out in the basement. Allegedly, of course, I'm not admitting to B&E on a podcast. At one point, some heavy stuff went down with my parents that left me and my siblings in the care of a family friend with a two-year-old. In an attempt to distract me from the trauma going on at home, the family friend, we'll call her Sarah, let me invite two of my friends over for a Harry Potter viewing party. I invited a brother and sister to Sarah's for the night. We made some popcorn and sat down to have our marathon. About halfway through the Sorcerer's Stone, Sarah's two-year-old woke up screaming. She went to check and found three long scratches down her back that hadn't been there when she put her down to sleep. Sarah's house had been known as haunted since she moved in, but the resident specter had never caused any issues, so she never tried to get rid of it. Harming her child was her boiling point, though, and she suggested we banish it. As a self-proclaimed emo kid and lover of all things creepy, I jumped at the chance to perform a seance as she suggested. This included us sitting in a circle around her dining room table, linking hands, and lighting a candle in front of her. She gave me specific instructions that should the candle flame lean toward her, I should put my hand over her cross and hold on to it. Well, lo and behold, the flame grew in size and leaned in her direction. I did as I was told and grabbed the cross around her neck, and the next thing I knew, I came to in the middle of Prisoner of Azkaban. I don't remember anything after grabbing the cross, but was told the following by Sarah and my friends who were present. Apparently, after grabbing the cross, I started to speak in a voice that wasn't my own, saying things like, Oh, what a lovely necklace. I'm so glad you're one amongst the flock. And I know the times are dark, but God's light is going to guide us through which is weird considering I am not and have never been religious in any way. Sufficiently freaked out, Sarah asked me who I was and where I came from, and all I would say was, I live in the train station basement, but God told me I was needed here. Don't worry, I'll make the tall man go away. And then I went basically catatonic until I came to on the couch. Sarah never had another experience in that house again. The third story is the experience that I just had about a week ago, and I have no real explanation for it. When I was around 17, about 10 years ago, I did a past life regression meditation, and the only real information I got from it was that I had been a woman in the 1890s who lived in a large home. Not very much, but the imagery stuck with me. I never told my mom about this until one night we were driving around to drop off DoorDash deliveries when the topic of past lives came up. I explained what I had seen during the meditation, and she took a deep breath and said, Does the name Harmonious mean anything to you? Just like that, something in me snapped, and I started to bawl. I had no idea why I was crying, but something deep and primal inside of me just felt so much despair at the sound of that name. I said, I don't know why, but yeah... As I said it, I saw a first-person vision of myself being held by the arms and sobbing, no, stop, in front of me, barely lit by a lantern, and there was a man beating somebody on the ground over and over. And just as quickly as it came, the vision went. I still didn't say anything to my mom about it, but she still turned to look at me and proceeded to say, he was your soulmate, your husband found out about the two of you, murdered him while you watched, and then went after you. I said, I know, because while I didn't visualize the whole thing, something inside of me did in fact know. She then went on to explain that my husband had followed me through lifetimes and always faces some type of cosmic punishment for what he does to me in these circumstances. Before I could put two and two together, I was struck by a memory of a previous relationship, the big one that really broke me. The only time I ever even thought that my ex was going to hit me was after a bout of emotionally abusive vitriol being hurled at me. I simply told them, go to hell, and I saw something behind their eyes that completely surpassed anger. 
My mother had never known how truly bad things got in that relationship, had never known about that particular argument. But we both came to the same conclusion that my ex was in my soul pod throughout my lifetimes and was my husband in the 1890s. I guess I do find some comfort in the idea that I am their reckoning and will continue to be until they learn the lessons they're put here to learn. I know this was a lengthy one, but thank you so much for reading it. My mom and I are big fans of the show and switch back and forth between you guys and and that's why we drink when we drive around working at all hours. Thank you guys so much for the endless entertainment of paranormal stories and the genuine care you give to the true crime side of things. I have never heard of soul pods and I'm very interested in this concept. I agree. I know somebody who did a past life regression and I'm interested in the whole thing, but the idea of soul pod, I'm like, I got to Google this. I'm going to. I got to Google it right now. I should have Googled it earlier. What my guess would be that the idea is throughout our different lifetimes, there are certain people that stick with us in, in various forms and Maybe then so. manifest in, in different ways. I, yeah. And then I guess if you fucked up, and you're still in that soul pod, you're going to pay the piper every time it comes back around. <laughs> like, hey, get your fucking attitude right. You've had like six goes at this. Like, what are you doing? Just get it right. <laughs> From ABC News, which is, I'm very shocked this is the first hit. Finding your soul pod. Let's That's see. a reality show I would watch. <laughs> Finding your soul pod. Oh, 100%. Our soul pod is that person or group of people whom our soul finds the most resonance with at any given moment. People of, well, there's a portmanteau. Do you want to guess what it is? Oh, uh, no, I can't. I can't even. Solnificence. <laughs> Never would have got it. <laughs> no, wait, I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. Solnificence. No. Significance. Solnificence. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a that's an yes. interesting concept. And I love a mom who's like, yeah, that's because this happened. Doesn't try and dismiss it or think that you're, like, being silly or just, you know, oh, that's just Allie and her woo-woo stuff. She's like, no, yeah, that was your husband and blah, blah. I mean. Like, they know what they're talking about. You go about. hard together, you and your mom. <laughs> I know, right? And especially mom being like walking by a tree and knowing like the name God, of the person and the uh, not the entire backstory, but like just enough information of like I don't, I know it's not that. I know you need to look there. What else, what you'll find? I don't know. That's stuff like that where you just listen to that intuition. I think that may be what you know what we consider psychic. Like what mm -hmm. these visions you're feeling may just be like extreme intuition or extreme intuitions. Actually, we're psychic. In this case, too, the fact that it was able to put some family grief to rest and maybe answer some questions, that I, I love that. You know, yeah. I mean, however it came about, you got some much-needed answers, it sounds like, and I'm sure that that family is forever grateful for that as well. Yeah, trying to give them some peace, but, well, it sounds like uh, listen to mama in general, but especially if your mom's a psychic, then super listen to her. And it sounds like it was passed on to you. So then yeah. if you also have a kid, I already know you'll listen to them because it's clearly in your bloodline to um, not dismiss these things and to oh. lean into them. See what something's trying to tell you. Yeah. Listen to the message. Well, thank I'll you. Also Alan. shout out to our besties from, and that's why we drink. We oh, love y'all. Yeah. And so yes. we love when people find us through them because we love them so much too. Yeah, someone's like, oh, my two favorite podcasts. I was like, well, that one's my favorite podcast. So <laughs> we have something in common. Good company to keep. <laughs> Absolutely. Sinisterhood will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Well, this next one is from Lark, and the subject line is Haunted University Dorm. For the Campfire Stories Freaky Friday, I wanted to tell you all a story that was big at my alma mater. Everyone said it was true. It was in the school newspaper every year for Halloween, and Heather may even know it. This story is about the haunted dorm room at Loyola University, New Orleans. The story goes that the girls in Buttig Hall, rooms 813 and 812, were playing with the Ouija board together, messing around, doing student stuff. What they didn't expect was someone to respond. A Creole woman named Hazel, or at least that's what the spirit called itself. She gave dates, made specific claims, you name it. The girls believed her. Then they let their friend Neil join on the game another night. Same thing. Hazel responds, talks to the students, and everyone is spooked. But Neil laughs at the whole thing instead. He's a college boy. He's not taking it seriously. Hazel responds to him in particular. Cut stomach. Kill Neil. The following day, he's rushed to the hospital and diagnosed with appendicitis. But the girls didn't stop. They summoned Hazel again the following night, and this time, her true colors showed. Some sources say the girl saw the devil, but I was told the face made of blue flame covered one of the girl's faces, and they called it the face of the devil. By now, they were getting freaked out, rightfully so, and went to a priest on campus to deal with it. He told him to chill out with the Ouija board, and it would just go away which did not work. That very night, everything in the dorm room moved. Posters flying off the walls. Things went crazy. They even had to call the priest that night to come help them. The following morning, he brought all the girls in and performed a full-on exorcism in the room. This managed to squash the brunt of things, but the room remains haunted to this day. Hell, I think the floor is haunted. Lights flickering, toilets flushing on their own, things in the room moving like a whole-ass mini-fridge. My buddy who lived there above the room said he heard what sounded like a werewolf going nuts one day in there, all growls and bangs. For a Jesuit university, a lot of haunted and cursed stuff happens on campus. Must be located on like ley lines or something. But this is the most popular and scariest one, so I wanted to share. Love the show and keep on keeping on. Much love, Lark. You know about this? You know about this? You You did. You know what's so funny? I went to four schools in five years, and two of them, there's like major stories of haunting. Loyola, New Orleans, this, there's a dorm room that's haunted. And UIC, not the devil baby, is like a whole story about UIC campus. But then one of those dorm rooms in a different dorm at UIC in Chicago was haunted. But I remember budding. And that's the good thing about a Jesuit university. You got priests on call. Yeah. Also, I mean, if any place is going to be haunted, it's going to happen in New Orleans. I oh, mean, yeah. That's right for for hauntings. There was a haunted, I think it was a bathroom in like a basement in some dorm at UNT, I, I believe. Or maybe that was the one with the glory holes. <laughs> it's haunted by something else. <laughs> There was something going on down there. Just trying to go to the bathroom, and they're just (laughs) just coming through the glory hole. I that is, I don't know if that was an urban legend or not, but I remember hearing. And if you went to UNT, email and let specifically if like you know for a fact that these were down there. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that there was a bathroom somewhere where there were glory holes, and you could go enjoy. What you do with glory holes, if you so desired. <laughs> Whether it was a ghost on the other side or not, I don't know. It's a, a very uh, special glory hole. That's <laughs> UNT, though. It's like everything. You have fun on campus. You don't even have to leave. We have glory holes on premises. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Buttock Hall was the that eighth floor or whatever is like the haunted floor. I never had any spooky experiences in my dorm but we're talking of maybe it's on ley lines so Loyola is kind of smaller than Tulane and Tulane's kind of L-shaped and surrounds Loyola and Loyola lives kind of in the the cutout of the L so it makes a big square all together and there's a long kind of alleyway between the campuses and I would cut through there to get to uh, my dorm and there was always this room on the Tulane campus which I was far away because you know I wasn't I, there was a fence but it was like maybe the fourth or fifth floor and always late at night there would be like a big television and this was 2006 so it would have been like a tube tv and it would have 
like something old on it and weird. And I would just be drawn to just stand and stare at it. I couldn't make out what it was. It would be snow sometimes. Other times it would just be like weird. I don't know, like maybe a seventies or eighties looking kind of oldish video. And then there was a single time that something crossed across and I freaked out. (laughs) Like something, something crossed across the screen or the window. Like somebody was in the room. Something was in the room and walked across it. Like <sighs> it blocked. It walked between me and the television, and I was like, <gasps> and then I didn't. And I was like, I can't look again. But I still wonder what that was. Like, did they? It just. It seemed creepy. I don't know. You don't think it was a college kid watching TV? Well, they should not have been. Those were like, um, like administrator. Like all the dorms oh. were at the back. This would have been at the front, and like it would have either been like administrative offices. Maybe they would have had classes up there. I didn't go to Tulane, so I don't really know. <laughs> but it's whatever. If you the went building. to Tulane in two thousand six, and you know what we're talking about. Hit us up. Maybe it was like a a nighttime class, and it was all about. I don't know how to scare people. How does this? It's how to scare Loyola students one oh one. That's right. <laughs> They're just like they just, just sit some- there waiting for somebody to walk by. Just it was like I don't know if it was local cable access or like German experimental cinema from the fifties, <laughs> but it was just kind of like weird shapes and stuff. And I'm like, what is that? Unsettling. But it was like every time after really late at night, you'd always see it. So if you went to Loyola or Tulane, yeah, throw me some of them college uh, spooky stories from around there because it's been a oh, hot yeah. minute and I probably have forgotten many of them. I gotta go find my old diary. I better wrote about it in there. Also, Neil, come on. God damn, Neil. Neil. Enjoy that appendicitis, bro. Dude, you fucked it all up. I would also like to say, who amongst us hasn't heard what we thought was the sound of a werewolf in a dorm room <laughs> late at night? Just banging around and hoots and hollers. Yeah, and grunts. <laughs> it must be haunted by that ass. I don't think it was- <laughs> Uh, like, I don't know. It was like 2.30. sounded like two werewolves were just going at it in the room next to me. There are some of us who are like, that was a werewolf. <laughs> Virgins is what I mean. And then others who are like, we know what that is for real. <laughs> oh, Neil. Neil, Neil. Oh, Neil. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. I assume it was you. <laughs> it was Neil Patrick Harris. Thank you. Thank you, Lark. And uh, I do have to say, when I first read this, I thought that Hazel was just warning Neil, like, you have appendicitis. But upon second it sounds maybe like she tried to blow his appendix up yeah like yeah yeah no i think <laughs> i think these girls were witches and she was like being cool with them yes and then neil ruined the party and she's like get him out of here and then they had to involve a priest and that doesn't sound like sh- hazel like that either shit talking man laughing ruining the party i've been there <laughs> <laughs> well, tale and- as old as time somebody that lives in budding hall who knows where the 813 or 812, if you currently reside in this dorm room, yes, I'm not saying you should get a Ouija board and try and contact Hazel, but it would be the perfect time of year if you wanted to, perhaps. I mean, buyer beware, fuck around and find out, but <laughs> she sounds cool as long as you're not rude to her yeah, and yeah, yeah. laughing at her. So there's that. And at the end of the day, you have nuns and priests right there on call, so they can, they'll help. Sure. And, and all sorts of uh, things and people in New Orleans that can probably help you remove some kind of negative energy or entity. It's a spiritually powerful place, certainly. Oh, yes. It's, well, it ley you. lines are just <laughs> it's something. Something's going on there. We got to look those up. We got we to gotta look into those <laughs> some more. Uh, well, thank you, Lark. Sinister Hood will be right back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Well, this last one's from Tab, and the subject line is Apocalypse Tea Party. Hi, ladies. I love you both so much and have been listening since 2018. Y'all feel like the older sisters I always wanted, and I'm so appreciative of the community you've created. Now, let's get into it. I live just west of Charlotte, North Carolina, and was traveling to Jacksonville, Florida for a baby shower. Now, if anyone's driven on I-95 on a Friday, 
they know that it is a brush with true crime in and of itself. So we took some back roads through South Carolina. As we were going through the very rural towns with questionable characters sitting on their porch wearing only hot pink boxers, my mom, who was driving, and I noticed the towns getting smaller and smaller and much, much quieter. We soon realized we were the only people on the road and the only living thing in sight for the past few miles. We passed by old, rundown gas stations, car malls with ivy growing up the side of them, and the windows of buildings boarded up, and a huge rusted water tower, and sidewalks that were cracked and covered in overgrown weeds. We were quite literally the only living things. As we made our way through what looked like the set of The Walking Dead, we came upon a building that looked to be maybe 500 square feet, with a giant percolator on the front. We slowed down to look, because how cool is that? And as we slowed down, we looked into the window, and it was a room full of life-size dolls sitting around a table. It was a building with a single room and a giant window on the front with four dolls that looked like they crawled out of Annabelle sitting around a wooden table with teacups on the table. Needless to say, we sped up rather quickly. Who put those dolls there? Why were they having a tea party? Why were they the only signs of life there? All these questions never got answered. We ended up going through more towns, passing by a tiny cemetery on the side of the road and a federal penitentiary, but the tea party of dolls has always stuck in my mind. I've looked everywhere for some sort of story or picture online, but I've never found anything. But my mom and I will never forget the feeling like we witnessed a tea party in the apocalypse. I hate this so much. <laughs> it's a gas. You were right to just speed away. There's Dude, no need to stop. Don't look I, into it. I got the answer for you. Those dolls killed everybody in the town <laughs> and then went and celebrated with the cup of Earl Grey is yeah, what right. happened. Pass the sugar cube, Martha. We've completed our plan. <laughs> Annihilation is done. Yeah, God don't damn. stop. Don't fucking stop. No. You don't need to know how they got there because the best case scenario is it's a weird person who that's their only friends and they're like, come into my sanctuary. <laughs> Do you want to become another member? So just keep going. Just run. Just keep going. We had another Freaky Friday. Oh, it may have been like one of our first where it was a similar story. They were driving through a rural town and they saw like a barn or some kind of like weird abandoned building and they stopped in and they saw all these like weird dolls and signs and then like somebody was in there do you remember that one i don't remember that one but it's i'm gonna have to go it back and like, look it up you gotta get together <laughs> you gotta get together yeah this is a psa if you're listening you gotta help tab and her mom out because if you're in south carolina and you know where this fucked up doll store is <laughs> let damn. us know what the explanation is oh those dolls those dolls have been dead for a hundred years <laughs> They're like, that building burned down in 1968. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, how did I see it then? Oh, if it's, yeah, best case, it's like somebody that's like, this will be creepy. I'm going to put all these dolls here with teacups and just scare the shit out of people that are driving through town. Fun bit, maybe. Also, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you do that to me. Yes, I mean, oh, man, that would, oh, ha, ha, ha. Just yeah. looking over from your car and you can just imagine like like music box music happening and mm -mm. they're like their little hands clinking against the porcelain cups. Nah, we don't, we don't need any of that. Nah. Hate it. Nah, all of it. Yeah, because it's uh, there's no good that's going to come of that. Like I said, because you don't want to buy a doll. You don't want to be around it. And maybe it's just a trap to get people to look and go, what the fuck is that? And they wreck their car, and then they come out and deliver it to you. Damn, and you can take it into the woods or chainsaw sure. massacred. You get chainsaw massacred. I That... Is the scariest possibility of all. So you're just that like, oh, a percolator. Yeah. Let's take a picture. And then. What's a percolator? What is that? I, I thought it was a coffee maker, like an old. That's what I was thinking, too. But like a giant one, like as if this was an old timey once coffee shop that had like a big percolator out front for decoration. That's kind of what I was picturing. That's what I pictured, too, like a metal coffee pot where it's it's shaped kind of like, you know, vavoom, like yeah. wide at the top and thin in the middle and wide at the bottom wow. and then metal. Related and, uh, to two out of three of those things. Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
The thin so, in the middle, yeah. no, but yeah. the other two, wide at the top, wide at the bottom. I got you. Uh, but yeah, I would stop. Like, no, that, that would catch your eye. And that's what they want you to oh, do. Yeah. They want you to fucking do. And then they're like, oh, how weird. Let's go in and check this out. Famous last words. And then I get killed. You become a doll. There used to be only one doll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Three started friends. Out, started out with zero dolls. Just the, um, the, the tea maker. Yeah. Yeah. And you got percolated. Now, next time you drive by, you're like, well, there's six dolls in here now. <gasps> Wait, now there's eight? Yeah. Pretty yeah. soon. The whole town, just dolls. And you can't get, you know, you're conscious and you're a doll, so you can't move. You just have to sit there with a tea in front of you and watch people pull up. And you're like, drive away. Drive oh my away. God. This is a horror movie for we real. We just wrote it. We just, we got this. <laughs> What kind of dolls are you picturing? I'm picturing like a, do you remember when we did our live stream last month um, for the getting into it here on Patreon where I picked all those things from the Facebook marketplace, all those like fucked up things. Yes. And that whole one, that one section that was like long girls and it was just big dolls that were like the 36 inch dolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. picturing, it said full set of long girls. It was just like seven different dolls of between 24 and like 36 inches. That's what I pictured. Like when she said life size, I figured like kid size. Like Okay. Okay. Not like a mannequin, more like just a big fucking doll, like a huge, a okay. long girl, like a bunch of long yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense than what I was picturing. What did you picture? I was picturing like Raggedy Ann dolls my height. Oh, like my fuck. size, but Raggedy Ann dolls. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were picturing like a real girl, like a sex doll. That, I mean, and perhaps that as well. I think that's less creepy than... Long girls, raggedy antles. I mean, it's scary in a different way, certainly. It's scary in a different way. Yeah. That's true. That, yeah, they're all, none of it's good. No. I mean, it's like, it's pick your poison. All yeah. of them are bad. Either way, if you you drive either past it or turn and drive straight through it and destroy it. That's the only two options. Don't oh, stop. People have tried, Heather. They've tried. People have tried. Their souls are in the percolator. Mm, yes. They're percolating for eternity. You get in there and everyone's like, oh, there's also a bunch of like toy cars everywhere. <gasps> they didn't used to be toys. They're like, I didn't know they made like a Hot Wheels, like Honda Civic. Oh, they do now. <laughs> and look, there's two little people inside screaming. They're moving their little arms going, get us out. Uh, damn. Uh, like this is a tab. Twilight Zone episode. Place is cursed, Tab. Keep driving. You did, yeah, you did no. right. Also, uh, what a nice friend you are that you drove uh, so far for a baby shower and passed a devil doll Yeah, store, yeah, yeah. Nearly died on the way, too. So I hope <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, congrats on your baby. You and I fucking saw on the way here. They're like, we're trying to guess what the weight will be. Listen, I don't have time for that. We don't. We know when she's due. It doesn't matter. She's, she's going to get induced. It's fine. It's fine. We don't need to guess. No more games. No more guessing. We've got a real life situation <laughs> on our mystery. hands. <laughs> That's me and you running into a baby shower after seeing something like this like <laughs> we don't have time to talk about your games we had to solve this mystery uh well yeah if oh, you're listeners man. if you know what the fucked up dollhouse is on i-95 write us in send Please. us your podcast at gmail.com need, i'm like halfway ready to drive to charlotte north carolina <laughs> we gotta see it just to see this thing with my make own eyes make <sighs> the drive the giant percolator and the dead dolls oh yikes that's the name of it mm -hmm. it's the name of the goosebump story <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone, for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. These certainly were some freaky ones and the perfect ones to get us in the Halloween mood mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you aren't already. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, or a room full of dolls having a tea party <laughs> in the middle of nowhere where you're the only living thing for miles. Maybe you've had a brush with true crime or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being. Send them in at sinisterhood.com slash freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of content. We just today released our newest mini-sode. It is a harrowing tale of a heroic woman, Margie Palm, who somehow escaped the throes of a serial killer. It is, uh, it's quite a tale. We had never heard of it before, and it's a powerful story. So you can go to sinisterhood.com slash Patreon for more information on that.
You can also head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out Sinisterhood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. And don't forget those warm, cozy sweaters for winter. You can also review the show while you're there, follow us on socials, and check out the episode descriptions of the shows for more fun like topic-based playlists. And when we have links to live shows, we'll post the links for those tickets there too. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And we're on Cameo. It's about to be the holiday season or it's just the spooky season. If you want a gift for the person you love in your life, a perfect one is a custom video shout out from us on Cameo. You let us know what message you'd like for us to deliver and we love to deliver it. So go to Cameo.com and you can see all the different kinds of videos we can do from happy birthday, happy anniversary, I love you, congratulations, anything at cameo.com and search sinisterhood christy where are you at online i'm on instagram at christy and wallace and tiktok at christy or gtfo heather i'm pretty much everywhere at heather versus the world as always the devil rules the airwaves keep it creepy Say.